every every interaction you have with someone is a transaction like you're like constantly trying to get what you can get out of them and yep. then like ditch them you know um this is that's <laughs> like the bitcoin mentality um at least what i've seen so far and can relate to newt's von home mm-hmm. um is like it's it's like 98 percent givers and two percent takers yep. And welcome back to the Bitcoin Corners, fellow Bitcorners. We are uh, going to be navigating a few different areas today. Um, I think I think Chris has kind of uh, kind of some fun ones lined up here um, in the mining space and um, other areas as well. Um, and yeah, let's let's get down to it. Um, Chris, what do you got? What do you got lined up first? Yeah, so um, some pretty big news coming out of the Bitcoin mining space. Um, this tweet is from Dylan LeClaire. Um, one of the world's largest Bitcoin mining firms, Core Scientific, is halting all debt financing payments. Um, that is an SEC filing. Um, so it sounds like um, they may be uh, going under and maybe filing for bankruptcy. And uh, it sounded like I, I saw a couple other tweets mentioning some other some other miners that may be also um, in trouble. So, as you know, uh, there's no bailouts in Bitcoin, and uh, we're getting to see that firsthand in, in a bear market. Some of these companies that may have been um, over-leveraged are, are getting wrecked. Yeah, um, I think I saw that, that Core Scientific dropped like or sold i mean uh like 90 percent of their bitcoin in a summer or something crazy like that and uh yeah this just uh this goes to show how cutthroat that industry can be um how tough it really is um everyone including the miners um you know is is uh is capable of levering up right um so when you lever up your your position, um, you're always put in this tough position, um, when the money printers decide to turn off. Yeah. So that's, and that's what's happening. Looks like they were down 69% in pre-market trade and that was last week. So I don't know where they're at now exactly, but, um, yeah, that's quite a hefty drop that, that looks like a, uh, like a shit coin. Um, and that's a real company. So it's hard to imagine a company like that coming back from this. Like, it just seems like it's one bad thing after another. And it's, it's like, it's like a, an animal that's been fatally shot or something like that. And it's just bleeding out. Right. Like it's just, it's that bad. Um, so this is happening, um, to other companies and we, we might not even know who they are at this point. Um, there was, there was one called compute North, um, that just, that just filed for bankruptcy yeah. like two weeks ago. And, you know, it's very similar circumstances is what it sounds like. Um, maybe Compute North was a little bit um, in worse financial position. But, um, yeah, I mean, Core Scientific is the like the biggest public miner in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this is a testament to um, staying humble. Yeah, um, Compu- Compute North is actually is located in Minnesota pretty close to us 
And um, funny enough, when I was when I was working as a valet about four years ago, I uh, I mentioned I mentioned Bitcoin too. I think this was the he was like this maybe like the C CFO or something of Compute North, and he was staying at our hotel, or he was there for a meeting or something. And he, I don't know if he asked me a question or something, and I, this is like probably when I first was like, I think this was when I was first kind of going Bitcoin only, and he had asked me a question, and I was like, I had mentioned Bitcoin to him, and he didn't know. Like, he was asking me questions like he had no idea what Bitcoin was. What? Yeah, and I was like, I was Dude. super confused because then he gave me his business card and I looked up the company. I was like, wait a second. Me. I was like, did this guy? It sounded like he knew less than me. He was asking me questions like, oh, what, uh, what makes it? I don't know if he was just probing to like see what oh, I knew. Yeah, maybe, but okay. um, it seemed like he just literally didn't know. But yeah, I remember he asked me a question like, oh, well, why do you think it's valuable or something like that? Hmm. He very well could have just been. You could have been pulling your leg yep. with a question for like sure. that, but for yeah, sure. it's uh, it's it's not unheard of to <clears throat> that that someone thinks that they can just play this yeah. game, um, like a fiat game, um, and yeah, you know, I mean, they're it, one of the first ones to blow up when shit hits the fan. So right, yeah, I do remember. I swear, I remember him saying something that made me like he responded with something like, "Oh yeah, I don't, I just am." part of like the finance team or something and maybe oh god that it. made yeah. me think like he actually yeah. didn't understand but well it's pop i mean it's, I it's certainly possible yeah um yeah i want to i want to take a step back here um jeff booth he always grounds me um with what he says um so we're getting philosophical here for a second but he says what you think those people are are only individuals with similar hopes and dreams as you being divided by a monetary system that requires that division for control. Um, so basically what I'm getting at here, and I'm, I fall victim to this probably more so than the average person, but you get caught up in like, like those people are evil um, because they keep perpetuating this system um, that seems to harm the most vul vulnerable, right? Um, they seem to feed their friends and their families first, um, through the money spigot, um, before having it, having what's left trickle down to other people. Um, so Jeff oftentimes says stuff like this. And I think, I think what he's getting at, I mean, it's very obvious what he's getting at, but, um, just, just at the very root of the system is the incentive structure. Um, and if the incentive structure isn't isn't correct, isn't aligned for everyone's betterment, um, chances are you're going to have these centralized authorities. Um, we call them cant cantillionaires um, hey. that are just close to that money spigot. Um, and, and it's very easy to demonize them um, because, because they do this with the, with the new system, but they're just, they're just working their job. They're doing what they think is best um, for, for everyone. And, uh, you know, there, there are probably some bad actors too in the, in the space, um, For sure. just cause there, those exist everywhere. But, um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of funny that you, so like that, that relates so much. So I'm, I'm kind of going to jump ahead to another yeah. podcast that I was listening it. to because it's like so similar to, to what you were just saying, but, 
Um, the one <clears throat> Bitcoin magazine put out um, the sum of everything divided by 21 million with, uh, I believe it's pronounced Newt Svanholm. Uh, yep. Yep. Might have said Start, that it starts with a K though. Yeah. Knut. Yeah, well, yeah, I've heard him say it. I've heard him say it both ways. I think Canute is, or Newt. I think the yeah. K is silent. I think so too. Um But anyway, he was talking about how in a Bitcoin world, like people people just tend to be nicer and tend to be more willing to do something for someone else without having to trade money. So like he was sort of theorizing that someday with on a Bitcoin standard, like the same way that you treat, like, you know, your family member asks you to do something for them. You don't ask them for a payment to do it. You know, it's like a favor and you assume that you'll get that repaid. And so he's kind of theorizing that every, every interaction you have with someone is a transaction. Like you're like constantly trying to get what you can get out of them and then like ditch them, you know? Um, this is, that's (laughs) like the Bitcoin mentality um, at least what I've seen so far and can relate to Newt's von Holm mm-hmm. um, is like, it's, it's like 98% givers and 2% takers. Yep. That's where the, an abundant world that people are just yeah. willing to help their neighbor, you know, treat their neighbor as themselves, I guess. Would I, be. I relate to that right away. Um, or, you know, the, the second you step into O'Shaughnessy's distilling when you're yep. at that Bitcoin meetup 100%. and you know, the first guy you talk to is, is Brandon Quittum and he's the one that's kind of putting on the show and, yep. um, and he's just as gracious as can be, like wants to get to know you right away. And, you know, that's such a refreshing <clears throat> feeling, um, in this, in this fiat world where it's like, okay, every, every interaction you have with someone is a transaction. Like you're like constantly trying to get what you can get out of them and yep. then like ditch them, you know? Um, this is, that's, <laughs> Like the Bitcoin mentality, um, at least what I've seen so far and can relate to Newt's von Holm, mm-hmm. um, is like, it's, it's like 98% givers and 2% takers. Yep. And yep. some, some people will point at those 2% takers, um, and, and demonize them, you know, like, okay, this is why Bitcoin sure. is bad. And, and it's because of these people, but like, you know, maybe, maybe we're kind of doing the same thing with the fiat system, but yeah. at least, at least the Bitcoin system, um, has a set of rules that no one can change to the betterment of themselves. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I really relate to that. Yeah. I think, I mean, it just comes back to that, like incentives are everything and it does feel interesting when you go into, like you said, when we go to O'Shaughnessy and we meet with other Bitcoiners, if it just feels like a little odd when you walk up to someone and it's almost like, there is no like there isn't any hesitancy in like is this like a bad person it's oh, more yeah, just like yeah. you know like if you're you. if you're like a shy person you might be shy because you're talking to someone new but it's not like that like you know fight or flight type of feeling that you might get if you're like out in public and you're just walking up to some random person it's like you instantly know and that's you're just guessing obviously yeah, yeah. there can still be bad people and there are still bad people in that um you know within the bitcoin world but it's almost like the bias sort of pushes you the incentives sort of push you to be biased in a positive way versus a negative yeah. way when and you I, interact i think newt and uh jeff booth are really good friends and they 
I've heard Jeff say this several times and almost like in relation to Newt um, because they've just recently met each other in the last couple of years, but it's like, see the good in people first, you know, like search for the good in people first before assuming the worst. Right. Um, and this, this is kind of interesting when it comes to Bitcoin because it's like, don't trust verify. Right. Um, but verify the goodness in someone before trusting them. Yeah. Um, and you know, and that's, that's kind of what I get out of that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I want to leave that. Cause that, that's a very philosophical thing that we could talk for hours <laughs> right. on, no, that's good. on something like that. Um, do you, did you have something next or otherwise I got something from, from James Lavish here? Um, we're talking numbers here for a quick second. Um, James kind of spells it out here. If you work 40 hours a week at 5% inflation and after five years, you need a 28% pay raise or to work 44 more hours, so one full extra week per month to make up the difference. This is inflation. So I know that's kind of it's kind of hard with the numbers like that, so if you have to rewind, um, go, go back and listen to that again. But basically, at 5% inflation, right now we're at like 8. Um, at 5% inflation, after five years, um, you will need close to a 30% pay raise um, to make up that difference. So if you're missing out on a couple percentage points every year um, on your pay raise compared to inflation, just think of it that way. That adds up. Um, so if you're getting a 3% raise this year and inflation is 8%, yeah, and that just keeps happening for five years, you now need to work 44 more hours or one full extra week plus per month to make up that difference. That's inflation. And that's what's been happening the last 50 years, slowly no. and steadily. And I feel like the thing that that doesn't even account for is like the time that it takes for you to do the math to even figure out what, like, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's so confusing and there's so, it's like if I could just know I'm making this against this supply yeah. versus like you're always having to try to like calculate and figure out like how much am I losing or how much am I gaining? And it's always kind of like, it's super gray. It's and a it's, game. Yeah it's, yeah. it's gray. It's a game. It's like these comp, some of these companies, you know, that you work for, like they're trying to meet their bottom lines and then yep. now they have to deal with all this other bullshit. Yep. And then now they're, now their employees are asking for more money. And like, you're trying to, you know, in, like when you're trying to align incentives, like the employees that work for you and the bosses, like the incentive should be, you work harder, you get paid more because we're producing more. Right. But now it's, we're producing the same. Um, we're getting paid maybe a little bit more because of inflation, but you're asking for the same pay raise and we're not producing anymore. Um, so it's just this, it, it's, it's, it gets really messy really quick. Um, and basically I think what this is pointing out is like over the last 50 years with, without financial accountability, um, with, with the government and everything, like you're just, you're, you're slowly falling behind. And there are tons of charts that show this, um, you know, the cost of living right. steadily going up over time, not, not, and then, uh, the, uh, the wage increase, um, has just flatlined basically yep. since the seventies. And it's like, what, what the hell happened yeah. in 1971? I mean, for me, I'm, I'm definitely like, I feel blessed to 
kind of have found a lot of the signal and like like finding those answers and seeing being able to just kind of see what's going on and know what's happening because i feel like at least if you know there's ways for you to try to mitigate it and obviously we think that's bitcoin but i mean there's so many people that just don't have the time or energy to even be aware of it and that's what's so sad is there's so many people that just have no idea that like they they might know by seeing something about inflation but they haven't they don't really know what it means they don't really they haven't took the time to actually understand what that means and that's that's what's so crazy is like they can keep the game going as long as the majority of people don't understand yeah. what the game well, is you know and, and they'll they'll talk like this like here's a here's a tweet from ben justman uh at b justy one um he's like this winemaker out in colorado he goes fighting inflation and beating inflation shaking hands with not understanding inflation so when you when you hear anyone of power talking about fighting inflation <clears throat> beating inflation they're just trying to confuse the fuck out of you yep. so that you don't understand that they're printing money behind your back um for nothing basically 100%. yep bitcoin um, or bust man so this one this one will kind of help out i think on that on that same path um Stephen Levera put out a podcast. It's SLP 428 with Stack Holder, or sorry, Stack Hodler. I like to say, I like to say Hodl, Hodl. Hodl? I like Hodl, but. Better than Hodl? Everyone hates, yeah. Yeah, everyone hates that, though. So, anyway, Stack Hodler. <laughs> um, it's Bitcoin and four macro factors to watch. So, <clears throat> the four things are. <clears throat> The four things are uh, four key factors to watch: dumping U.S. Treasuries, what went in, what went on in the U.K. market, dealing with cycles. So I think the the first thing is four key factors, and then there's other things that they talk about as well. Um, but I thought that one was really good. Um, he's so Stack Stack Holler's been super good at predicting kind of where the economy was heading. Um, if you look at some of his tweets going back to, I want to say 2020, even he was calling a lot of the stuff that's happening right now. Um, and I think he does a good job of breaking everything down and, and not being too complex in the way he, the way he says things that it's pretty easy to follow. Um, so I thought that one was a really good one. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't listen to that one and I, I feel like I followed this guy, but I haven't, uh, I haven't like noticed his analysis. Um, I don't know why, but, um, you know how the algorithm can yep. be sometimes like, yep. um, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I look forward to hearing that one. Um, yeah, I guess moving, moving on. Cause I, I don't really have anything else to add to that. That sounds like a great, yeah, great uh. episode, but, um, yeah, I just want to touch on here. I'm pulling it up here. Okay, so Guy Swan tweets, manipulating the money to fix the economy is like changing the blueprints to fix a poorly built house. Um, so kind of going going a little bit more philosophical into here, into the end here. But um, And then he, he follows it up with, all it does is make the blueprints irrelevant and everyone trying to navigate your house via the plans is going to be really frustrated and keep making bad decisions. So I I understand what he's saying here. Um, and I think it makes complete sense. 
Uh, but let's kind of talk through that. Um, basically I think it's as simple as like when you're playing a game, like, and the rules change just sporadically by a few people and they're playing the same game, but they get an advantage because they knew the rules changed before you did. Yep. Like who's, who has the advantage to win the game? Like they still might not win or win as much as someone, but they definitely have an advantage. And I think that's what he's saying here. Um, you know, in a, in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're playing like Monopoly and someone tells you that like, um, I don't know the next person to land on this house or whatever. I mean, that's, that's a game of chance, but like if you know, Oh, I need to, to get on this house or do some or buy this one, whatever item or whatever. And you know that five turns before everyone else, obviously like you're going to be targeting that thing before them. Right. And so I think that kind of plays into like, Oh, if you know, let's say, you know that where the feds headed, so I'm going to start moving to cash or, yeah. you know, I'm going to start buying up more stocks because yep. I know they're going to, you know, that little, those little things can, I mean, that can literally make or break your portfolio. So yeah. I agree. That's yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's wrap up with it's what, with what you scam. got. To, yeah. It's a, Sorry. it's a scam. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to talk about because it is so <clears throat> kind of, you know, dark you know, it's right. like really the world is like that. Like we actually have to, we actually have to fight against that. Like seriously. Um, yeah. Anyway, what do you got? Um, so the last thing I just want to mention, um, you know, whether, however you feel about Edward Snowden and what he's done, obviously it's controversial, but, um, he tweeted out yesterday, the, uh, Bitcoin, uh, white paper and, Obviously, if you know, uh, 14 years ago yesterday, which would have been October 31st, that that was when the Bitcoin white papers were were posted online. Um, And I think looking back right now, it doesn't seem even just 14 years in, that doesn't seem that crazy probably to the average person. But I think 50 years from now, we're going to look at that day and it might it might be a holiday who knows <laughs> yeah so yeah. um yeah i think that if you haven't read it yet take the time to do so and and educate yourself on it um but that's that's all i've got yeah i mean it's the it's the seminal piece of work that that went out there into the world um it was the seed that was planted um you know in in combination with the code obviously but mm-hmm. um I think what what Gigi says a lot on Twitter is, um, you know, it's Bitcoin, Bitcoin is an idea and it has already been let out of the bag. You know, it, you can't you can't put the idea back in the bag. Um, so it's uh, it's an idea that's just propagating at at record speed in the last fourteen years, and we'll see where the next fourteen takes us. It's gonna be fun. Heck yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> <laughs>